Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit AM640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. I want to welcome my TikTok audience who are watching from all over the world. Look at this, Miami, Brazil. We've seen Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia, all the states, it seems. Lots of Canadians always. Hello, Scottsdale. How are you? It's just fun to see how international the TikTok audience is. Um, If you'd like to follow me on any of my social media, it is at Dr. Wendy Walsh, at Dr. Wendy Walsh. Just want to let my KFI listeners know that after this segment, I am going to be opening up the phone lines. The phone number, if you'd like to call in, is 1-800-520-1534. I'll be taking your questions about your love life. I have a PhD in clinical psychology, and I specialize in the science of love. I want to talk about something called breadcrumbing. And I'll tell you, producer Kayla sent me this article about breadcrumbing, and I was just like, that is the best word to describe this thing. One of the most common questions I get from people is, you know, I like this person and we had a nice date or a coffee or a phone conversation, whatever. And now it's not moving forward, but they're liking all my Instagram pictures. They're replying to my text with short little light comments, but it's not moving forward. And they're just dropping little stuff, emojis, whatever. As somebody just said on TikTok, you're right. Breadcrumbing is a modernized term for leading something on. So let's talk about why people breadcrumb. Now, it's not as manipulative as gaslighting, what I was just talking about in my last segment, um, because it's not alienating victims from their friends and all that. But why people do this breadcrumb? They do it for a number of reasons. Sometimes just because they have low self-esteem and they're doing it to 20 different people because they like the fact that of those 20 people, 15 of them are going to keep writing back. And they'll be like, oh, they like me. They like me. It raises their self-esteem to get you to respond to the breadcrumbing. It also keeps people access to multiple partners. For those who would prefer to have multiple sexual partners in their life, they can keep them all on the line, breadcrumb them a little bit. Now, breadcrumbing is often used by people who you've broken up with because they're keeping you as a backup mate. Even if they're the ones who did the breaking up, they're going to use you as a backup. I'll just keep them in touch because, you know, there might be a lonely, cold, long night. I might be in between people. I'll keep that person there. And also maybe the person who's doing the breadcrumbing is suffering from a version of narcissism and they just want all that attention. So 
What are some examples of breadcrumbing? Uh, inability to make or commit to plans. And even before we had all the social media, even before we might have had, no, we didn't even have text. I don't think, early 90s. No, I don't even think so. Um, I remember being with a playboy who breadcrumbed me. And the way he would breadcrumb me is he would call it and leave messages on my voicemail, but only call when he knew I wasn't home, right? So he couldn't find me. So it acted like, oh, try just reaching out. Sorry, you're not there, right? Uh-huh. Now, the other thing that is breadcrumbing are what I call micro-communication. An emoji is not a communication. A like is not a communication. We do that. I mean, I probably go in through my social media. I like all, I like all my friends' stuff, right? Click, 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 click. Don't take it personally. Don't get excited. We're not going out to lunch. I just click, 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 right? Doesn't mean you can call. It means nothing. But what they do that really reels you in is they have moments of hot flashes of love where they give you deep false hope that there's relationship potential. All of a sudden, this person who's just been breadcrumbing suddenly gives you the whole loaf. They call and go, look, I'm in town Friday night for sure. You're my person. We are going out. We're going to do this. And you go out and you have the most fabulous night. You have sex with them. Then you don't hear from them for three weeks. I'm not saying I've experienced it, but clearly I have. All right. (laughs) The other thing they do is they only contact you when they're feeling lonely. When things are going great, you don't hear from them. That playboy I mentioned who used to leave voicemails when he knew I wasn't going to be home, he would always call early in the morning, like 8 a.m. And he worked in the nightclub business, so that was really early. And he would like sigh on the phone. Oh, Wendy, what you do to me? I'm so lonely. And he would just talk in that bedroom bed voice. And I'd be like, oh, I am the special one. He's calling me at this intimate moment from his bed. Not. Okay. And the other thing they do is they make no effort to explain themselves. And if they do, they could win an Academy Award for how well they apologize. There's always a story for why they haven't been in touch or something's happened or no story at all. They just pretend like this is completely normal. Okay. We know what breadcrumbing is now. It's leading you on with tiny little pieces of micro-communications, usually digital, that makes you think you're important to them, but it never really turns into the real-world thing that you need. So what do you need to do? I want you... See, life is a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you can see it, you can be it. If you can imagine it, it's there. It'll happen. Spend some time imagining what your life would be like without them and their micro-communication. Who would you be with? How would you live? I want you to imagine yourself without the breadcrumber. That's the first step to getting free from a breadcrumber. Secondly, set a boundary. Now, I've got to clarify this again. because Some of you think set a ba- setting a boundary is telling somebody how to behave so that you can change their behavior. No. Setting a boundary is going inside yourself and asking yourself, what will you tolerate? And what will be the consequence? What will be your reaction to them if they do something that you can't tolerate? You see, setting a boundary is not trying to get someone to behave in a certain way. It's about changing your reaction to somebody. But it's all based on understanding your boundaries, what you can tolerate. 
So inside your head, you don't have to tell. By the way, when you're setting a boundary, you don't have to tell the person. You just got to know it inside your head, right? So, but what you do need to do is make sure you don't train them to breadcrumb. Remember I said they're probably out there breadcrumbing 20 different people online and 15 of them are responding? Don't be one of those people. If somebody sends you, you send a nice text like, how was, you, how was your week? I've been thinking about our conversation last week. If we'd love to continue it. And they wait four hours and go, week was good. And that's it. They ignored the fact that you said it'd be nice to continue this conversation, been thinking of you, whatever. Do not respond. Do not respond. They are just breadcrumbing you. There's nothing to respond to. Remember this, every time you respond to a text, you are rewarding the texting behavior. I often tell women, if you want a guy to make a phone call instead of text, you write this text. Hey, I'm not really into texting that much. So, um, but if I see your number show up on my phone, I want you to know, I'll be happy to pick up. And then they're going to test you, test that boundary. They're going to keep, keep texting and keep texting and keep texting. You can't respond. Keep your pretty manicure off your iPhone. Do not respond. And eventually they'll scroll back and see what the last thing you said was, which is when I see your phone number on my phone, I'll be happy to pick up and they'll try it out. Now, the other important thing is when you do get good behavior from somebody, you got to reward it. So when they call, you can't go, oh, so you finally figured out how to make a phone call, right? No, you have to go, oh, hi, I was just thinking about you. How are you? Right? And give them some love because they behaved well, right? I think it's also important to give people one last chance, like as if they don't know they're breadcrumbing, and be direct. Like I'm all about the truth and words instead of trying to read Braille in a relationship. You need to tell exactly what kind of communication you would like. And if they don't do that, move on, ghost them, stop them, get them out of there. At the end of the day, I want you to know your worth. I want you to know that it's okay to prioritize you and your feelings above wanting to be liked by someone else. And that means letting go of these breadcrumbers. Because I mentioned life is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you can see it, you can be it, right? However, when you say no to people and cut them out of your life, you're making room for kinder, more gentle people to come in. My favorite metaphor for this, and my therapist told me it like 15 years ago. She said, think of your life as a masterpiece sculpture. A sculptor doesn't take a lump of clay and mold it so much as they chip away at what is unnecessary and they throw it away until the masterpiece is revealed within. So shaping your life is really about getting rid of toxic people, getting rid of people who don't treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. And in the end, it opens up all this space for those who are able to give you the love and care that you deserve. All right. Uh, we are going to open the phone lines. Also, I'll be taking some questions on social media. The number is one 800 520 one That's one 800 520 I'd like you to write down that number 
I'd like you to call it because it's going to be fun to weigh in on your love lives. Um, You can also drop a message on the iHeartRadio app. Anytime you download the iHeartRadio app and search KFI AM 640, uh, when I'm on air, during the two hours that I'm on air, you can record a 30-second message that might be a question or comment. You're always welcome to do that. It's a talkback button on the app. Um, Just want to remind you, 30 seconds goes by fast, because a lot of them we haven't been able to put on air because you guys rambled too much. Uh, So... 1-800-520-1534. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Should I stay or should I go now? KFI AM 640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. I am America's relationship expert. I have a PhD in clinical psychology, and I specialize in the science of love. I am deeply honored when you ask me to weigh in on your most intimate connections. Okay, Producer Kayla, who do we have? We have Terrence with a question. Okay. Hi, Terrence. It's Dr. Wendy. Hey, Dr. Wendy. I really love the conversation. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, so my question was um, that Brett Crummy talked about, mm-hmm. what does that stem from? Where does that come from? And what do you do if you realize you're the breadcrumber? Like, what steps can you take at that point? Well, I mean, you have to figure out what your boundary is and what your worth is so that you can, you know, react differently. And generally, if you're responding to breadcrumbers, it means you're putting up with it and you're rewarding it. Where does it come from? People just want to keep the potential for multiple mates there. They don't want to move forward. Also, I've said this a lot. We suffer as humans from something called paradox of choice, meaning the more choice we have in anything, the least likely we are to make a choice. And when we do make a choice, we value it less. And so I feel like this is happening in dating as well. People keep a roster of 10 people that they're texting, whatever, and they just can't decide. So I think the answer is to be very clear about what your needs are, set up a boundary, which means you have to be ready to block them and get rid of them and live without them. But I'm sorry you're going through it, Terrence. It's, uh, I know, it drives me crazy, breadcrumbing. Thank you for calling and thank you for your kind words. All right, the number is 1-800-520-1534. 1-800-520-1534. Who we have, Producer Kayla? We have Artrice with a question. Artrice. Hi, Artrice. Hello, Dr. Wendy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. So I have a question for you as you were talking about breadcrumbing. And um, I was in a situation where there was a lot of consistency, you know, Mm -hmm. calling, texting. And then all of a sudden it was more on the breadcrumbing level. But then, like you were mentioning also earlier, like he's liking, you know, pictures on Instagram and all that. But like no phone call, no text. Right. So that happened to me once upon a time. And you know what I did? I sent him a text that said, hey, it feels like we lost our rhythm. What's going on? See, I did that also. And, and he, said, uh-huh. he said, I know I've been distant, but he said things have been really busy lately. Oh, uh, victim. And yeah, not caring about really? your needs, right? He's playing victim. Right. So you should feel sorry for me. I've been just too busy, right? And then right. you follow up with, oh, it looks like the timing's bad for you. Oh. That's it. That doesn't work. The timing's bad. And then just move on and stop responding. If if you if he's breadcrumbing you, don't reward the breadcrumbing. Okay. Sounds like the timing's bad for you right now. Understood. 
peace be with you. I love to respond with peace be with you. People, it's so passive aggressive. It's like, we'll pray for you, right? <laughs> Thank you, Archies. I really appreciate your phone call. The number is 1-800-520-1534. Kayla, do we have a call or should I go to social? We have plenty of callers. We oh have Gabriel God. with a question. Okay. Hi, Ga- Hi, Gabriel. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi, Dr. Wendy. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly. So here's my deal. I got uh, sober like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since then... I have not been in an intimate relationship. Mm. Why do you think that and is? I, I, I don't want to <laughs> hurt anybody, and I don't want to be hurt. I think I'm just mm. chicken or something. Yeah. I miss the intimacy sometimes, but, you know, I have friends who are couples, and all I have to do is listen to some argument about why you forgot the and milk. And it confirms and I'm like, your oh. fears. It confirms your fears. So what's your, what's your mm. question? Uh, how do I get over that Mm. i have opportunities i have you know friends that are you know attractive and i could kind of be into them but i just shy away from that okay so i want to remind you that most people who suffer from addiction are often begin by self-medicating uncomfortable feelings and so you will hear addiction treatment programs use the terms we do a dual diagnosis meaning that addiction it may be the primary diagnosis But once you get rid of the mask of the drugs or alcohol, then all those uncomfortable feelings bubble up again and it's time to deal with them. So my suggestion for you is that you see a licensed therapist and work on getting through this fear because you deserve love. You deserve to have a mate who respects you and you should know your worth as a mate. So getting over this mountain is a job for you and your therapist. But I think it's really important. Gabriel, thank you for sharing this with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, do we have to go to break, Kayla, or do we have time for another? Yeah, we got to go to break. We got to go to break. Okay, so hang on there if you're holding. The number is 1-800-520-1534. I'm also going to be checking Instagram and TikTok for questions. The number is one 800 5201534 you can also drop a 30 second question on the iHeartRadio app in the talk back button you are listening to the Dr Wendy Walsh show on KFI AM 640 we're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app KFI AM640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you, and I am taking your calls. Who do we have, Producer Kayla? We have Melanie with a question. Great. Hi, Melanie. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi, Dr. Wendy. Um, So I wanted to say that it's my last semester at college. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And I'm a psych major. Mm -hmm. I started seeing a therapist in January, and I wanted to ask you, Dr. Wendy, how do you create independence from narcissistic parents when you currently live with them? Uh, I definitely have gained low self-esteem, codependency, and a trauma bond from both of my narc parents due to the verbal and emotional abuse. Well, let me um, say this, Melanie. You're very brave, and thank you for telling me that you're in therapy, and I want you to continue to work with your therapist. This is going to take some time. There aren't instant fixes for that. Um, I will encourage you to become financially independent as soon as possible and move out because it will be a lot easier for you. Uh, Get a bunch of roommates, get an apartment, 
uh, live cheap, and then it'll be easier for you to create boundaries. Now, within your own household, you can try to create boundaries around things like uh, space. You know, hey, when my room door is closed, you can't come in. Uh, it might be about food or your body. You know, I only eat twice a day or whatever you might do, or I don't eat this or I don't eat that, so um, I won't be eating those foods that you serve. Um, and when they say things that are designed to manipulate you, hopefully your therapist is going to teach you how to recognize them early, and you have to provide the consequence. Now, the consequence is not yelling back at them and getting into some crazy argument where you're not going to win, but giving them the one or taking away from them the one thing they want, which is your attention. And so leaving the room, just saying, I'm sorry, when you talk like this, I'm going to have to go into my room and do that. Or I need to go out for a walk. Time for me to walk the dog. And if you do it enough, they start to realize that they can't say those things. They can't hurt you. But it's going to be a long road it takes time. And the biggest, when I hear the word codependent, um, I do hear like afraid to be on your own, afraid of the separateness, right? Because you're so intertwined emotionally. So I really encourage you to keep working with your therapist and try to get as independent as you can, as soon as you can. And you may be able to rewrite this relationship and have a completely different kind of relationship. So thank you, Melanie. I really appreciate your call. All right. I want to go to social media, but I think someone dropped uh, a talk back on the iHeartRadio app. Right, Kayla? Yes, ma'am. Let's hear it. Hi, Dr. Wendy. What do I do if I have a crush on a married coworker who's older than me? Oh, my. So much there. Married coworker and age difference. Well, the age difference isn't so much the issue for me. I guess I would need more information about what would motivate you to have unrequited love. Because if somebody's married, they're actually not available. So what is it that is attractive to you that somebody is unavailable to you? And then I also have to say to you, you know, they're probably, um, you know, trying to have affairs with all kinds of people in the office if they're having an, uh, if they're having a, an unhappy marriage. But more than anything, you run into big career trouble. This is the biggest problem, right? Less about the moral issue more about the fact that in these days and times, coworkers, I mean, uh, workplaces should not be a mating marketplace, okay? But I would, you know, spend some time, work with your therapist, find out why this is attractive to you. What, why do you need to have longing along with your feeling of love? All right, thanks for leaving the talk back on the iHeartRadio app. Okay, let's go to social media. There's some really good questions people have been writing to me. This uh, listener says, I've been in a relationship, but if I like a person, I tend to stay in touch and communicate constantly. I'm writing to you since I don't know who else can give me sane advice. Well, that's a nice sentence. Thank you. I recently met, can you go on to baller alert, whatever, and tell them that? Um, anyway, I recently met a guy through a dating app and we had a good first meeting. Would I come across strong or clingy if I want to talk to him often or try to get to know him? I can ask this to him as well, but... Do you think it would be too early? Thank you for your advice. Yes, way too early. You've had one date. You need to contain yourself. You need to sit in the unknowing. At the very beginning of the relationship, there is both neurohormones that are attraction 
And then anxiety in your stomach too, wondering, do they like me? Is it going to work out? Are we going to talk more? I really want to get to know them more. But you have to sit and just wait. Let things unfold. Distract yourself by hanging out with your friends. Remind yourself how lovable you are by hanging out with family members or friends who do love you. But you'll get through this. Just slow down. It's okay. All right. This listener writes to me. Dear Dr. Walsh, so I was seeing someone for a little over three months. We were talking all day, every day. Well, you know what I hear there. Too much too soon. Uh, He lives about six hours from me. So we'd see each other every couple weeks. He was hyping me up and making plans and promises. Hyping me up. Kayla, is that like complimenting? Complimenting? Yes. Okay. Complimenting her a lot. Um, And I was severely led on. He came out here to surprise me. Okay, I always worry about people that do surprises, especially early in relationships, because that's control. He's testing his ability to just show up in your life at any time, and will you allow him without making any plans? Uh, Anyway, then when he was here, he said he was hungover, too hungover to hang out when we were actually supposed to, and he ended it the next day. He said he wasn't good enough for me, and he's holding me back. He doesn't have the power to hold me back. And I told him that. And his reasoning is bull. He never gave me a real reason. Can you tell me what the heck happened? I hadn't liked someone in so many years. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Well, that's nice of saying that. Okay. I'll tell you what happened. You were saved. You were saved from a jerk, a narcissist potentially, who isn't even ready to have a relationship. Thank goodness he was hungover. Thank goodness he canceled the date. You need to move on to somebody who treats you like a queen, not just with words, by hyping you up, not with weird controlling things like surprising you and showing up and then being too hungover. No, 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 no. He does not deserve you. And he's right. Listen to it. He told you he's not good enough for you. He means it. He showed you he's not good enough for you. Okay. Um, Okay, one more. Do we have time for one more? Oh, we do. We do have more. Okay, good, good. There's so much coming in on social media. Thank you, thank you. All right. This listener says, hi, what does it mean when a guy says he misses me so much? And then later on in the conversation, when we're talking about our relationship, he says, I don't know what I want. Huh. He's my baby daddy and I'm seven months pregnant. Oh, 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 that just took a turn. He wanted to be in a relationship with me a few months ago. But then I started getting distant and was all over the place because of hormones. Justifiable, understandable. And I miss him. And I want a relationship with him. And then she put a really sad face. Um, okay, honey bunch. Uh, he, he's not doing what he's... He's not stepping up. He's not being a good father already. He's not being a good partner. I want you to stop being in love with hope. And uh, I know people get mad at me when I say this. Call a lawyer. I'm sorry. You are holding his baby in your body. Are you expected to pay for that baby that's half his genes for the rest of your life and potentially lose income? Babies need the most expensive thing we have, you know, which is our time. I'm sorry, but ladies, get it all on paper before you do this with your body. Um, What if you just met a guy on a dating app, this is another listener, and you want to know each other. Is a date not smart? I don't know what that means. Who should pay? How would you make it clear who's paying? Okay, so, um, oh, a date, not smart. I know, because I always say, don't do a high-pressured, big, romantic first date for a first meeting. 
that's too much too soon and it puts too much pressure on things. And you're both projecting. And then they, we talk about these old-fashioned heteronormative roles where he's expected to pay. And what if you make more money than him? How about this? You insist on just meeting for a short coffee where it doesn't cost much. And then you offer to pay. And that's a test, right? You offer to pay. And if he doesn't go, no, no, let me get this one. It's only a coffee. I'm enjoying your company, right? That's how you impress a woman. And so that's how you make it clear who's paying. You test, you try to pay. And if he lets you, you go, "Mm, maybe this isn't one for me, especially if it's something cheap like a coffee. Just going to say that. Um, Somebody asked me, which way is the dating marketplace tipped at the present? Is it balanced? In most urban centers in America, I will tell you, the mating marketplace is balanced against women and men tend to be calling the shots sexually. Now, women do have the power to control the pace of the sexual relationship. They are 100% in control, but men use all kinds of psychological tricks. If I don't get it from you, I'll get it from somebody else to pressure women when women should slow things down and make an assessment. Um, We have an oversupply of successful women in our mating marketplace. It's uh, no secret that in the last 15 years, we've seen a huge feminization of college campuses. Uh, For every two guys that graduate college, there are three women. And women tend to be entering the workforce in droves and making more money. So this means that they're going after a small group of men who make more money than them. Those alphas, they say. Anyway, it's, it's a hard time, but not impossible if you have good mating strategy. Okay, when we come back, are you in a relationship? You want to know if it's healthy? Well, there's new research out of Princeton University to show how you can predict your relationship quality. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With a smile Take time to tell me You really care And we'll share tomorrow Together KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the home stretch of the Dr. Wendy Walsh show. It's always the saddest segment for me because I have abandonment, anxiety, and attachment anxiety. Even to my listeners, I'm like, oh no, do we have to say goodbye? Did you know, Kayla, that I have a very weird personality trait that a friend of mine brought to my attention, oh, about 20 years ago. I haven't actually fixed it, but um, I apparently, on some unconscious level, have such abandonment issues that I'm super bad at saying goodbye. So therefore, mm. I'm the first person to leave a party. I just duck out. I don't go find the hostess and go, thank you. It was a great time tonight. I just no duck way. out. No way. I had a university professor say to me one time, she called me up and at the front of the class. She goes, listen, I know she leave early all the time. If you're going to be leaving early, don't bother coming to class. And I was like, what? So one time I was, I was telling my therapist about this and she goes, well, let's see what happens if you don't run out without saying goodbye, you know, so I'm in, it was in graduate school at the time. I'm in my last class and the class ends and I'm sitting there watching what people do. And I'm usually the first one out of the classroom door and I'm watching and they're like chatting with each other in little groups. They're folding up their books. They're grabbing their purses so slow. And all I can think at that time is this is such a waste of time. They could be in their car. I'm the first one out of the garage every time. It's efficient to me. But then when we analyze it, she's like, well, you know, your efficiency means you weren't really in touch with your feelings, like you weren't saying goodbye to your friends. And only recently 
I was visiting my boyfriend's family and apparently I did it again. We were, I had a nice dinner and we were saying goodbye at their house and I just went out to the car first. And they're like, Where, where'd she go? I'm just like, that's how I am. Abandonment. See how our ways, how we are in life. So don't feel offended if I just turn and leave. This is how I do. Um, you know, how do we rate relationship quality? Kayla, if you have some friends and you say they have a good relationship, what kinds of things would you rate it on? Uh, communication. Good communication. You yeah. See people, you uh, t- time spent, um, intimate time together. As long as they spend a lot of time together and do things, they're active, they communicate well. Um, and there's genuine caring there, I would say. So one of the ways our society rates relationships all the time, which I'm always trying to tell people, don't do that, is duration, right? Oh, I've been working with you too long, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just because somebody stayed together for seven or 10 or 20 or 30 years does not mean they were happy, does not mean they had a healthy relationship. So using duration as your litmus test. Another thing people use is how much conflict they have. Like, oh, they get along so well. They like never fight. And I'm like, mm, is there any intimacy? Like... Is it two avoidant people living like roommates in their house? Like the research shows that actually healthy couples have a lot of conflict, quite regular conflict, but it's tiny little border skirmishes that prevent the big wars, right? Some people might judge a relationship's um, success as number of children or their financial success or their social capital. They are pillars of society, right? Well, I just read this new research out of Princeton University and they analyzed data called a meta-analysis, of over 11,000 couples to try to figure out what things best predict relationship quality. Uh, Here's what they found, that these are the top five things that predict relationship quality. That frequency of conflict thing, uh, number five, right? So it's really not that important. It's the fifth thing, like not so much conflict. Okay, fine. Number four, I love this one, perceptions of one's partner's relationship satisfaction. In other words, if you feel your partner is happy in the relationship, then you have a good relationship. Like part of our job, remember I always say, yes, Will Smith, our job is not to make our partner happy. Our our partner, though, Our job also is to have some empathy and compassion for our partner and be aware of what they're going through. And if you have a sense that they're not happy in the relationship, then the relationship probably isn't high quality. Okay, number three of the five, I'm going backwards, right? Because I'm going to get to the top, the number one predictor. The third thing that shows how high quality your relationship is, how healthy your relationship is, sexual satisfaction. That's not number one, gentlemen. I know. I'm sure there was a gender divide when they asked that question, right? Men were more likely to say, well, if you're having good sex, regular sex, then it must be healthy. And the women were like, yeah, I'll put that down at number 10. And I know you guys are listening going, she's being so heteronormative. I can't believe she's being so sex biased. There's research to support what I say. Lots and lots of research. Um, Okay, but sexual satisfaction comes in number three. Number two is an appreciation for their partner. So there's been a ton of research to show that long-term, happy, committed couples actually value their partner. They look up to their partner. Now, I will remind you, if you're looking at their relationship from the outside, you might be like, you know, he's a little deluded. She's not that great, right? (laughs) But it doesn't matter if he believes it. 
That's what matters, right? So if you believe that your partner is high value to you, if you really appreciate what your partner does, then you probably have a healthy relationship. Okay, drum roll, please. According to researchers at Princeton University, the number one predictor of relationship satisfaction and commitment was, as my drum roll, people's <laughs> perception of their partner's commitment. Mm. In other words, if you think your partner is all in and you're commit and is committed to the relationship, then you're going to have a healthy relationship. It's going to indicate that you guys can work things out together. You know, you can think of it. You could say whatever you want. You could be completely authentic because you know they're committed. You know they're in all in. And you listen to the questions, both the questions people sent me on social media, the questions that the callers said. It was always about how committed are they? Are they in it or not? Are they breadcrumbing? Uh, what happened? Why did they disappear? What's going on, right? A great predictor of relationship dissatisfaction is perception of lack of commitment by your partner. So if you've got a partner who's all in, you're good. And if you value them, you're good. If you're sexually satisfied most of the time, you're good. These are the hallmarks and predictors of a healthy long-term relationship. Now, I know some of you, before I go, I better address this, are saying, uh, what if you don't want a long-term single monogamous relationship? We had the woman on our show a bunch of months ago who wrote, you see, the preeminent researcher on polyamory. She says that 20% of couples try open relationships at some point, but only 5% can ever sustain it because we have this evolved sexual jealousy. I will say this, you know, when you hear about young people, Gen Z talking about how, you know, their, you know, their, their gender expression is a scale, which it is, their sexual orientation is a scale, their relationship style is a scale. I will say that the only difference between those young people in 2022 and my generation in the 1980s is that we didn't tell people we were having multiple partners. <laughs> the big difference is they're just open about it now. Whereas before, people are always dating around and figuring out. My, my roommate and I used to say, we can't date more than five guys at once because then we get the stories all mixed up, right? So we, it's always been happening. This is what humans do while they're figuring out when they're going to settle down. It's just that people are settling down later. Age of first-time marriage has been going up and up and up. Anyway, I read the research on this stuff all day long. I want you to stay with me because I have your back when it comes to your love life. Uh, you can follow me on all my social media and the handle everywhere is at Dr. Wendy Walsh, at Dr. Wendy Walsh. I make videos every day and I am always here for my KFI listeners. It's been seven years I've sat here on Sundays. It's really quite a milestone. Um, thank you so much for being with me. It is my honor to share my knowledge with you. You've been listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.